Welcome everyone to the Deep Space Predictive Podcast, Human Everywhere. I am one of your hosts, Jason Bott. Human Everywhere focuses on the big question of what happens to us when we travel off planet. For the entirety of human history, the stars have had a massive gap between us and them. We've looked up at that canopy and the human soul has formed under that. And now we tread into that space and we know that there's gonna be remarkable transformation as we navigate this transition. Human Everywhere wants to make sure that as we go there, we remember who we are and we remember how to maintain our humanity. Let me turn it over to our first host, Ubi. Hello, hello. Yes, welcome back everybody. I'll be quick because I wanna get into this conversation. Uh, Yuvalda Simonetti, part of the DSP team and just very excited to be here as always. And I now turn it over to Alira Salman. Hello. Hi, hi everyone. My name is Alira Salman. I'm the founder of Deep Space Predictive and so excited about our topic today. Um, when we talk about Deep Space Predictive, the whole idea is we are human everywhere we go. We take all the, the gifts and talents and foibles of our humanity with us where we go. And we're so excited to have Drew Smith Simmons as a guest today, who we met many years ago, you know, in Galveston, Texas, in Galveston, Texas, <laughs> at a NASA conference, and yes. we were the only ones no. talking about the human side of of of, of spaceflight and the impact of space exploration on the human person and the human experience. So, uh, Drew. When we talked, you were very adamant about how do we keep our humanity in a certain perspective. And I would love to hear your whole idea of coming into space exploration and bringing a perspective of humanity into that work. Hmm. That's a great position to open because you, you were talking about how um, we're human everywhere we go. And when we go off the planet, there are very human things that we need to take with us, right? We, we need to take oxygen, we need to take water, we need to take food, all these things we need to take with us. And my perspective as, as a psychological therapist of many years with a specialism in attachment and what that does in the body is that we also have to take um, intimate relationships with us that we don't function well without them. And that's very difficult if you're going away on a mission for as long as three years where there's a big time delay. So normal conversation with your loved ones isn't possible anymore. So that does present a profound risk to human health in space if by going on long duration missions, it severs our synchronous contact with the people that we love the most. As in, you can have um, communication where you're in a shared moment together and, you know, they're, they're there with you. Their mind is there with you and you're communicating. If you can't have that with the people you love the most, then that does have very significant consequences for your mental and physical health. So I would add to the list of oxygen, food and water that remaining human as we live and work in space also means taking love and affection with us isn't that wow. fascinating i mean i yeah sorry Larry. i was just gonna like it's um 
it's fascinating, right? And, and, you know, it's funny because when we watch TV shows about sci-fi and space travel, Star Wars, Star Trek, I mean, they're, they're very dramatic, you know, and a lot of it is based around relationships. But in reality, when, you know, when we talk about this stuff, most of this is focused on the technology that's just, that's going to get us there, right? Like, it, it's, it's that, it's not, like, there's no drama. They don't want drama. <laughs> But, but that's that to your point, like that's going to happen and we are human and something is going to happen. And so it's, it's, uh, yeah, like it, it's, it's so fascinating. And I'm, I'm even more fascinated by, again, like how you specifically got here, right. To this from, from Scotland, you know, and, and, and the, your work. Yep. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit because it, it, it's sort of, really for me when we were talking about this earlier sort of defined it even even much more clearly than i kind of understood it before well um i i've i've been working in mental health services in in scotland and the uk and internationally sometimes but particularly in scotland um for a long time now maybe sort of 16 17 years something like that and particularly in the highlands and islands and um with a focus on attachment isolation and increasingly how we could use technology to support people um, when they're in really isolated situations, isolated for lots of reasons, right? That could be due to um, physical disability or, or geography and mountains and um, the ferry timetable. Or I mean, the, the thing that challenged me the most as a therapist is when the winter came, because I would commute mm. by boat, by ferry to the, and when the winter came, uh, the ferry timetables would go off because the water would be too rough. So we couldn't run the clinics. So people weren't getting evidence-based care because wow. the clinics were so busy. If you miss one for one day, we might, I might not see them again for another month, say. And so it was huge, just the weather, the, the, the physical conditions of the environment, hugely disruptive to supportive psychological care. And that was particularly the case in the Outer Hebrides, the Western Isles, where um, I, I did quite a lot of work um, helping to set up a psychological therapy service uh, that worked uh, online. So live sessions of therapy with a therapist, but it was done online um, still going. ISO Health, excellent service, now national, I believe, across Scotland. Um, and at the same time, as I was traveling around the Western Isles, going from GP practice to GP practice, <laughs> talking about how we could support people in a different way using technology. At the same time, I've always been a massive sci-fi geek and um, the Artemis program was, uh, they must've got a new press team because it seemed like every couple of days there was more and more releases being made on social media about um, the progress that was being made in the Artemis program, which all your listeners will know is you know, NASA's program to go back to the moon and onto Mars. Um, but also it highlighted some of the real challenges presented by long duration spaceflight out, out beyond the moon, particular challenges for human health that are different to the challenges faced in the Apollo uh, program. Um, mainly they kind of center around microgravity, radiation and isolation. So that isolation part is what really piqued my interest. That's my area of expertise. And I became fascinated by the prospect of six people 
leaving the planet for three years and going so far away that there would be a time delay in any communication. So um, although they could send information back and forth to the people they love, they couldn't have a normal conversation. And what I knew from my clinical work is that when we spend time with the people we're close to, something happens physically in our nervous system, not with everybody and not with all your friends either. It's particular people where you have very intimate bonds, the kind of people where if you're upset, that's the person you'd phone because regardless of what it is, they will listen and it will help you calm down. That's so that's you. That's two people co-regulating together. And that's so much about what being a human, about what being a mammal is is about. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you take away that synchrony so you can't pick up the phone, that's risky for a human and it sets off like a, a, a like an alarm bell inside the body because that's dangerous to be unregulated it's dangerous not to have that uh, to be disconnected from your community of people that help you regulate your emotion that's just part of how we uh, grow from birth into healthy adults so it's a very big risk and nasa recognizes that right there's clearly written up in the risk matrix that they that they use with no known solution because speed of light is finite. There seemed to be no way around, um, no way around the kind of isolation you would experience because of being cut off by that, by that time. So I was fascinated by that problem and just had the good fortune that while I was thinking about it, I was wandering about in the Western Isles, which if you've never been there, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world everybody's well no no it's really nice nobody should visit apart from <laughs> we say the same thing about colorado <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a perfect context to be thinking about these big questions about what do humans need to mm. not just survive but actually be well in extremely uh, remote and isolated context like long duration space flight to mars what could what what could we conceive that's more uh, remote and isolated than, than that so it was a perfect context to help me to kind of stimulate me to think about what the solution might be and um and, and that's where i really began working on this communication tool uh braiding yeah that's that's now at the heart of um our business yeah hmm. when you talk about you know that's that's i love the the journey that you took the 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 thought journey to get where, where you are now, but your solution is highly technical. It's very, um, um, the word I'm looking for is, I mean, it's, it's highly technical. It is a digital type solution for this emotional risk. Mm -hmm. Explain a little bit about that digital solution and the impact you hope it will have to solve that problem or the, to minimize that risk that you've identified? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, intimate relationships are forged by proximity. I could probably say that without saying anything creepy, but to become, <laughs> we're around- We're okay with you know, creepy. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, so, you know, raising, raising children, I spent a lot of time with my kids just climbing all over me and uh, kicking me viciously and, you know, the, so that closeness, it begins in proximity, right? 
and zero time delay, zero latency. When I say time delay, I mean signal latency, as in if I say something to you, you hear it straight away and you can respond straight away. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to that. That's so fundamental to human life, like 1G gravity or water, that it's so ubiquitous. We just take it for granted. And it's very hard to conceive of communicating with people when there's a big time delay, you know, and, and we're not built for that. It's difficult for us to adapt to it. But if you forged a close relationship and then you go far away, say I went to the Antarctic to uh, work for a few months, even though I'm really, really isolated and that does have an impact on me psychologically and physically, I can still, they've got satellite communications, right? So I can pick up the phone, I could phone my kids. So our bodies are separated by thousands of miles, but our minds can meet using synchronous technology. And the nervous system recognizes that as a connection. You are in the same shared moment with me. You are with me right now. We are together. And with the mind recognizing that connection, our nervous systems can co-regulate emotion. So if I'd had a really bad day down at the South Pole station and say, Ivan has stolen my beer again and I'm furious, so I could be feeling really quite dysregulated, I know I could pick up the phone and phone my wife and she probably wouldn't say that much, but she, you know, she would listen. And just the listening and the kindness and that you know, a warm relationship helps regulate me back to, and that's just part of normal life. It's so part of normal life, we take it for granted. Unless, of course, we've been in really isolated situations, we've not had access to that. I've certainly had a few years of my life, various points. I think we can all relate to what it feels like if we don't have, you know, a kind, loving relationship to sort of help regulate. But um, in space, in deep space, where there's a big time delay, you can't pick up a phone like that. There's no synchronous communication because of the time delay. So we built a software tool which it's typed right and the 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 compensation for achieving synchrony in such a difficult situation is that you do have to decide beforehand what you're going to talk about so say alir is we're very good friends imagine you know in 10 years we're going to be even better friends right i'm the person that you would call if you were upset i'm good you know so let's say you were on the ship and okay. I was on Earth, and we had, uh, say you wanted to talk to me about three particular things, um, and I, I would match that. It's good when you have um, a same number of topics we want to talk about when, when they mirror each other. That's, that's helpful for the maths. And so we would take each of those six subtopics and put them on a panel in a carousel. And you would start, say you start on, and we'd keep, we'd call each panel a braid. So braid one, two, three, four, five, six, arranged around the carousel. You're on one side, I'm on the other. You start on braid one, one, two, three, and I'll start on braid four. And we've agreed we're going to start talking to each other at like two o'clock ship time. Depending on the time delay, the software will work out what the underlying uh, time delay is and how much time, therefore, to give you per braid so that Once you start talking, you never have to wait. So you say what you want to say on braid one, the carousel will rotate. 
that material is there on its way to me and what I've said on braid three is on its way to you. You're now on braid two. You say what you want to say about braid two. Carousel rotates, that's on its way to me. That's on its way to you. You say what you want to say about braid three and then that's on its way. By then that's beginning to come in to me on my side. There's a little lonely bit at the start where the very first braids are crossing across the void. But after right. just a couple of braids, after a couple of minutes, the experience from your side is you've got continual dialogue coming in from me that you are continually responding to with no waiting, no breaks. You don't experience the time delay in the way that it would be like if you were sending, say, an email where you say what you want to say, you press send. Time delays five minutes, takes five minutes to get there. Person says what they want to say, says it takes five minutes to come back. So you've got all that waiting and disconnection. That doesn't happen in braiding. You have a continuous flowing conversation. And the, the psychological experience of that is that you were in the same shared moment with this person that you care about. And that's what all the nervous system needs to begin co-regulating with that person. I would call that high latency synchrony, which is, you know, a new concept. That's that's our concept. Um, and um, it's not an easy one to get your head around because we're not used to it. But yeah. Yeah, my head's spinning all kinds of ways. <laughs> like, that's fascinating. I, uh, wow. Because you know, my, my, my mind goes to, well, it sounds like, you know, uh, finding that person is something that could be learned, right? So you, you could take one path towards a solution that only existed within the crew on the ship where they each had that in, in one another. Um, so, but, but I, get, I, I guess, get that. And, and, and there is, yeah. you know, I think there's a parallel to, um, um, you know, uh, military folk and, and the very close yeah. relationships they have, you know, but that's, it, it's a, that is a different kind of relationship to the kind of relationship you have with your best friend or your spouse or your child. And those, yeah. those relationships take years. I mean, you, you absolutely could, could build a crew based on couples. You could. So they've spent mm -hmm. years developing these intimate relations. Might bring its own problems. You never, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the Prometheus, is, we all saw that movie. <laughs> the point is, it's, it's, not, it's not necessary now because the crew yeah. can have continued intimate connections with their loved ones whilst maintaining these very intense, professional, supportive relationships with their crewmates. You know, trying to get your crewmates to meet your needs for intimacy it's a yeah. big ask uh, and, and maybe not a realistic ask and you know i mean you know in the long run when there's a, a large enough community uh, on the moon or on, on mars the boundary shifts out again because you you could then be getting what you need in terms of the, uh, these sort of human relationships off earth but at this point where we're looking at what 20 years of kind of missions with small crew they are going to need to be getting that from Earth when they're very, very far away. You'd be sorry, I interrupted you there, but no, 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 that was great. No, it was great because, um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely see your point. Again, kind of going back to, you know, I think how this has been approached previously is it's almost like you know that in the spy movies when they're like, you know, if you're a spy, you can't have any 
personal connections or like, you know, superheroes, right? Like they don't want to get involved with anybody because they become, you know, those people then become in danger from the, you know, the evil uh, villains. And so it's like, you don't know, you almost don't want any connections. And so to, to your point, like how maybe they've approached putting uh, teams together thus far is almost sort of that kind of mentality. Like, let's it just is, forget about that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. You can't, you can't that, forget about that. that. Is a, yeah. That's a culture, that's a cultural artifact. Cause it, it's, yeah. it, it's fascinatingly inverted where we know the pain of being isolated. Otherwise, you, you know, when, when people are being punished for different reasons or, you know, mm-hmm. if my four-year-old has just kicked me in the head again, he's going to get a timeout because separation is punishment, right? We know it's so fundamental to being human. And yet we create these archetypes of unfeeling people with no relationships as if that represents strength and that emotion right. represents right it's complete invert and probably because we're frightened by the power of it probably we've created stories stories like that and it's i don't think that was problematic for the apollo era where mm-hmm. missions were much shorter and at a time in american cultural history where you know uh that 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 kind of archetype was very strong, wasn't it? It's was kind of mm-hmm. hard warrior. These these were fighter pilots we were talking about, right? And um, I've met a lot of flight surgeons in over the last few years, Russian and American and European flight surgeons. And interest, what I would often hear is that they might be the only people in the whole world that astronauts might tell how they're feeling because they would mm. trust the flight surgeons not to tell a soul because there's a mm-hmm. risk. Right. If you say you're anxious or sad or any, that it will be interpreted as a, a problem, a pathology, uh, you know, and you might, that might affect your chances to fly again. Now, I think all of that, you could, it kind of all has an internal logic for much shorter lunar missions. But when you think about a three year mission to Mars, all of that falls down. You mm-hmm. can't, psychologically speaking, if you were to pick, so you 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 could you could find people who whose whose temperature for connection to others is very very low. You can find people like that, absolutely. But what goes with that is um, also a low temperature for resonating with the emotions of others. So at the same time, you want a crew who's entirely dependent on one another and is going to be really attentive to each other's needs and psychological needs to support each other but you're suggesting in this thought experiment selecting people who have the the lowest thermostat possible for resonating with the emotions of it it's a complete contradiction so it's going to need to look different about the kind of people that go on these very long missions will need to be far more um uh, sort of just comfortable with their emotions, comfortable supporting each other with their emotions uh, in order to be well and function over such a long period of time. I mean, I, I think um, that's probably very true of modern cohorts of astronauts. I think maybe what's changed is the ability for us now to talk about this much more openly and it mm-hmm. not be, um, you know, 
a problem. It's it, it, what used to look like a problem, I think, is now being understood as an important strength and resource. Yeah. Right. I, uh, I definitely would agree. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead, Drew. No, no, I was just saying, I, yeah, I just think that's a thoroughly exciting then period of time to be involved uh, in, in, the, in the space program. Right, I think it, culturally in, in our society, we now are trying to reduce the stigma about mental health, the difference between mental health and mental illness, and just the need for, as you've defined, the intimacy is so important to reduce risk. And putting it in those contextual terms really helps move that thought process and that comfort forward. I see, Jason, you have a question. Yeah, I was just curious. I, I guess kind of as we're starting to wrap up our time, and I actually think Polaris's comment poses in, and so maybe packaging that. I guess I'm curious what the future of braided is. Um, you know, obviously you're developing a product that's meant for deep space and your eye is there. The reality is deep space is still quite a ways off. What's the immediate future for braided? What's the terrestrial options and applicability? Um, I'm just curious what you see as your guys' nearer horizons here as we kind of wrap mm -hmm. up our time together. Yep. Uh, well, a couple of things. So um, we have been working on how braiding can be useful for lower time delays in space too. So for cislunar operations, time delays are much smaller, but they're still there. And there's lots of outages as well. And um, braiding can cope with those um, outages, predicted ones and unpredicted ones, so that you can have continued communication, even when the, um, the signal conditions in the background are really, really shaky. Um, so that for so lunar operations and the missions to the moon are also going to be part of where braiding will be used. Terrestrially, um, while we were developing all of this, we always knew that the novel structure and rhythm that we had to invent to make effective communication in deep space possible. If you took the same structure and rhythm and applied it for like a remote team meeting, we've got a group of people coming together, that the first thing it would do is create uh, exactly equal opportunity for each participant to contribute to that group discussion. Nobody can talk over each other. Nobody can hold the microphone. Everybody gets an equal chance to contribute. And they get to do that with a bit more space to think before they say what they want to say, which uh, for many folk, for lots of reasons, could be really helpful. So we've only had that version, that took quite a lot of, technical work to make that work for groups. We've had that available for about two months. We call that braided meetings. You can see about it on our website at braided.space. And we've been testing that with people. The strongest feedback we're getting is from um, folk who are uh, particularly introverted or neurodivergent like me um, and find face-to-face um, uh, -face meetings or in video quite, quite a challenge to say what you want to say um, in the time available, um, that there's real value there for giving a different rhythm of communication, which is less stressful. Um, mm. Early days with that, and we're looking for partners, for beta partners um, in companies, particularly companies where they've got a real agenda for neuro-inclusion and creating neuro-inclusive uh, working practices. 
Um, especially in this kind of new world of hybrid working, right? That there's probably a big opportunity to yeah. think again about how we do meetings and how they might be made more inclusive for all of us. Mm. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's a whole other podcast uh, because that <laughs> I think is such yeah. a powerful. Yeah. You know, it really like it's such a powerful thing, and I you know the 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 pandemic certainly has put us on a better path towards uh, creating more inclusivity, just just using the technology and by virtue of opening up, you know, and, and giving, you know, people with disabilities the ability to, to do work from home. The technology exists, it's just, you know, now, now it's, there's just better paths to that instead of forcing everybody to go into an office. We can start to support so many more people who, they just want to work like everybody else like everybody wants to work they want to participate in our living world as human beings no, no matter their whatever um so i think that's uh so fantastic um drew thank you it's no, good it's to a see pleasure you again. thank all of you yeah Thanks. Uh, this has been great and um you know again i think it's, it's just part of our message that we want to get out there that you know that it, it is about our humanity we're, we're going to take it everywhere and we have to support every aspect of what that means. It's not just about getting us there. It's, it's about, yeah. you know, thriving and evolving, right? Like we should be able to do that as human beings. So thank you so much. Uh, any last words, Alaris or Jason? No, just thank you, Drew. It's great to see you. We look forward to working with you some way in the future because, yeah. you know, we're all connected, right? We are. We are. I'll be seeing you soon, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Absolutely. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Take care. And thank you, everybody. We'll uh, we catch us on humaneverywhere.space. Take care, everybody. Bye.